My name is Ryan Luke Winslade, and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. Welcome one and all to yet another episode of Pastor's Middle Kid. I'm Ryan Luke. It's great to have you listening. This week on the podcast, I have my friends Jordan Smith and Kayla Norris to talk about a few different things, including playing after church. Uh, That's hanging around while the parents are still talking to muck around in the rafters and other places that we can climb into, as well as playing in a church band and the relationship that the band has with the words operator. On top of that, we also talk about music genres and my overall distaste for worship music. So hang around for that. It's going to be a great episode. Last week, I shared about how I was reading The Oath by Frank Peretti. I'm delighted to inform you all that I have finished the novel within the last week, and I highly recommend it. Now, another book that I have just started is the highly acclaimed and highly controversial William P. Young work of fiction called The Shack. I've heard good things and I've heard bad things about it. Uh, I understand he portrays God through a few different characters and some people like it and some people don't. Uh, I'm interested to see where it goes with me. I'm only a couple chapters in and I think it's a good read so far, so I'll keep you updated on that. Lately, I have also been listening to Before Their Eyes' latest album called Midwest Modesty. I got this album about a month ago on my birthday, and I really love it. The transition music I'm going to play for you now is The Positive and the Negative of Being Alone from Before Their Eyes' new album Midwest Modesty. And then at the end of the podcast, I will play the title track as the fade-out music. So I hope you enjoy it. It might be a little heavier than what you're used to, but I trust that you will find it just as lovely as I do. Okay, have fun on this episode. Kayla, did you enjoy the football yesterday? 
I enjoyed the football very much, thank you. Have you ever been to a Wellington Phoenix game before? I have never been to one of those games before, and actually never been to a game in a stadium. Um, a soccer game in a stadium. I've been to a rugby game before. Hmm. Right, right. Jordan, have you been to an A-League game before? I have not. We've, like, over the years, we've been like, oh, I want to go, but this time was, like, the first. So it was pretty good. It was awesome. Yeah, surprisingly, I've never been to an A-League game either. Yeah. Uh, it was all of our first times. And so, don't you guys play soccer? Yeah. No. Now, my, fam- my family <laughs> is not. very into sport as well. I, I stopped supporting sports, I guess, when I was about 13, though. So I went, uh <laughs> This is just boring. I just want to play the sport or do something else. Um, but my brother's still heaps into the A-League, so... That's good. They were pretty happy that I went to yeah. see the Newcastle Jets take home the victory 3-1 against Phoenix. Yeah. But not everybody was happy that the Newcastle Jets took home mm. the the victory. No. Were they? No. Both of you? <laughs> not really. <laughs> I wasn't too happy. Phoenix should have won. Just saying. Oh, I don't know about the shut-ups, but okay, yeah. I would looked, have really looked, enjoyed if they won. Mm-hmm. Yep, they had like better. 70%. 70% of the... Pers- uh, I don't know about that. They so did. Dylan looked at stats. In the second half. So that Second half, definitely. definitely. Well, they yeah. spent a lot of time just like kicking it around the halfway. Mm-hmm. Like trying to make something happen. So that probably just counted for a lot of their possession. Yeah, right. It was fun, though. The first half being in the sun. Oh, yeah. That was... Ugh. It was a better view from oh, where we were, for so. sure. Maybe. But with the glaring sun and sunburn, everybody was becoming. <laughs> and that lad Ryan in front of us. Yeah. Not you. No, the other, the American Ryan. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> Got to get him on PMK one of these days. That would be good. The Ryan and Ryan show. <gasps> yes. yes. That would be pretty that great. Look forward to it. Definitely would listen to that one. It's coming up. Okay, cool. Uh, so we all went to the A-League and had a fun time. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Now, uh, Jordan, you've been on Pastor's Middle Kid before. Yeesh. And uh, briefly, in 25 words or less, <laughs> give a description of who you are and where you come from. Okay. I am on staff at YM Newcastle, and I am New Zealander by birth and Australian by living standards I don't know where I live anyway I like life cool yeah that was roughly 25. that was about 25 good job no that's good no no you did a good job Kayla what about you who are you where do you come from all right I don't know if I can do 25 words but that's okay I didn't put a word limit on you yeah I was born and raised in Kailua Kona <laughs> Hawaii and my parents are from New Zealand hence I was going for the Wellington Phoenix mm-hmm. yesterday um, I am sometimes mistaken as Canadian because my accent can get a little bit mixed up some, sometimes. Canadians do have a mixed up accent, don't they? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, yep, lived in Hawaii until I moved to New Zealand for university. I finished mm-hmm. university there and I uh, was living in New Zealand and did DTS in Newcastle and finished in December. Great. Cool. So we've all uh, we've all been around YWM Newcastle at different times for varying lengths of time. Uh, I've been here a little bit longer than Jordan, but Kayla's been back and forth and forth and back and forth, right? Yes. yes. Throughout the years. Since I was thirteen. Why have you been here, back and <laughs> forth since you since you were thirteen? 
Uh, I have three older brothers, and they've all done their DTS here in Newcastle mm-hmm. um, over the years and been on staff here. Mm-hmm. So, And my parents have also been involved speaking on DTSs and involved with YWAM. Right, so you're involved in this kind of family legacy yes. through YWAM Newcastle. Definitely. That's exciting. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, Kayla will be the guest next week. Cool. So having you guys on, we went through a, uh, a list of potential topics, and I had Jordan pick the topics for this mm-hmm. week uh, because Kayla picked the ones for next week. So let's get right into talking about stuff. First thing we're going to talk about (laughs) is playing after church. And that doesn't mean playing music after church. It means being a kid and as soon as the service finishes or as soon as you're let out of Sunday school, you just run around and (laughs) play games and stuff. (laughs) Jordan, why was it that you wanted to talk about this today? I think because it's one of my favorite memories of growing up is like, you know, you church is is just the you know the hour and a half that you sort of no i didn't suffer through but it was like Mm. yeah it's fun but don't really mind i'm ready for afterwards Mm. and then you there was this core group of us it was like four or five families that those parents would always be the ones that would stay the longest and Mm -hmm. so us kids we all they all happened to be around the same age like within five years of each other yeah um and so we would just hang out every week and we got used to hanging out for like you know an hour and a half two hours after church and that was, they're probably some of my best friends growing up, so that's one of the reasons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... It's just good memories. That's good, that's good. Yeah, so it has this nostalgic feel when you mm. when you think about playing around yeah. after church. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to get into about this was uh, the whole idea of parents staying around forever <laughs> after the service, <laughs> as opposed to kids are wanting to stay around after the service <laughs> and Kayla you mentioned uh, a few days ago when we were talking about this that you had a bit of a, a conflict in this right that every time you wanted to go home your parents stayed around but every time you wanted to stay around your parents wanted to go yes. talk a bit about that um well I find it even today um I'm I'm not a pastor's kid but missionary kid is and teacher's kid, so I'd have situations like this, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yeah, so I'll, I'll be visiting my home church in Hawaii, and my parents will be chatting with friends, and I'm sort of, a lot of my friends are either grown up and gone and moved to different places, mm-hmm. but sometimes my friends will be there, and and I'll get chatting, and it'll be so exciting, and that's when mom and dad seem to want to leave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> versus other times they're not there, and I'm sitting there calmly trying to make small talk with um, parents' friends, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so sometimes it's just great, and I just talk away, and, but that certainly happened a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan, you touched on something that, that I want to I wanna kind of expand on, and that is the hour and a half that you suffer through and you obviously you followed it up by saying not necessarily suffering through I distinctly remember for me as as a child uh, let's say I was I think I was eight years old we lived in Penrith in Western Sydney and we would go to Sunday school and then be let back in for communion and the end of the sermon and I think particularly during the school holidays, there wasn't any Sunday school. 
oh, that was brutal. As an eight-year-old child, trying yeah. to focus, trying to understand, no clue. So we just got handed out these pieces of paper with colouring in. <laughs> yes. And then we just... So, yeah. I, I really... I got good at uh, I, I got good at shading and stuff. That's during. where I learned to be an artist. Yep. Sitting in church, <laughs> doodling. People ask me, I'm like, oh, oh just sit in my parents' meetings or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at church and I draw. <laughs> It's, it's so that you have to stay occupied somehow. Yeah. Now, in those moments, I remember thinking to myself, I don't enjoy coloring in pictures of Jesus with a lamb over his shoulders. I don't enjoy uh, trying to do a word search or find a word, as we call it, and trying to find all these words that relate to this one particular Bible verse. I'm looking forward to when they say church is over we get the morning tea, and then we go crazy. Yep. That was that was always my favorite part. I, I just like the morning tea. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have to get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, but I, I grew up in, in a uniting church, and the very, very, uh, the stock standard uniting <laughs> church morning tea was the assorted biscuits, not even the assorted creams, but the assorted biscuits, just like the, the nice. or cold Yeah, brand? yeah, but I mean, yeah. So it'd be like yeah, the yeah. the Scotch fingers and the oh, Nice biscuits and those Beautiful. weird little telly, teddy bear tiger things. Yeah, Nobody knows those. what they are. I bite their heads off and then keep. Yeah, the yeah, and the the milk arrowroot and stuff. These ones. Yeah, well, we have them at U Street sometimes, oh, so yes. keep an eye out. Um, but we would have <laughs> those really plain biscuits and yellow cordial. Nice. Every week. Yep. Every week without fail. When I was a lot younger. Uh, living in Belmont South here in Newcastle, when my dad, I think he was the youth worker at the church, so he ran the youth group, but my parents were not involved in running the Sunday school. Sunday school was good, but we had a preschool right next to the church, and we were allowed to have free reign in the playground in the preschool after the service. Oh man, it was so cool. It was so good. Uh... Kayla, do you have any any specific memories of playing after church and how that impacted the rest of your life and inspired <laughs> you to be inspired you to be a better human being? Um, I don't think playing after church was one as much as um, waiting for mum and <laughs> in schools because mm, she was a teacher. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm rewinding back to morning tea and thinking we didn't always have the luxury of morning tea. It was only sort of a once a month thing that there might be a picnic or mm-hmm. a potluck. And so that was this, a special day that I would be drawing quite furiously. Yeah. I'm <laughs> um, waiting for it to end. But mm-hmm. um, that is when it, I, I feel like the almost the, the waiting beforehand and drawing was more of an impact than the actual playing afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because when I would be playing during, um, when my mum was in a meeting, there's a specific box of shapes in the classroom used for maths teaching. Yeah. And they're yellow hexagon, and I can remember, yeah, the colors. I think it was a green triangle, and I'd make these <laughs> towers with colored mm-hmm. patterns, and and definitely uh, sparked my love for learning as well as hand, hands-on learning, not just mm-hmm. um, thinking, oh, I want to learn something, but mm. want to experience it and that definitely impact had an impact on my life right so learning became a boredom killer 
Yes. Yeah, and then... (laughs) No, I I can see how that's positive, because then it means, oh, I'm learning something, therefore I'm not being bored. So you could have the attitude going through school as well. And I wouldn't have called it learning then, because I would have... I would have said I was playing, yeah, which is very much learning, and mm-hmm. <laughs> because, yeah, it was lear- learning the different colors, but that I got to play with the things that we'd have to do mm. stuff with during the week, mm-hmm. but I got to experience it just yep. like, oh, I get to play when my teacher wouldn't let me just sit and mess yep. around, so that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Jordan, do you have any? Uh, specific experiences yeah i'm just remembering one now this is this is actually quite a funny story but um with the morning tea whole morning tea after Mm -hmm. after church so we had kids church um as we as we called it and for us at our church um we were in there the whole time like Mm -hmm. we weren't in the service at all it wasn't like you know some churches you go in for worship and then like once the worship's done even though the kids don't understand those songs and you go back out out the back you know we were out the back had our own full service pretty much right um anyway so we'd have we'd get fed morning tea at the end of that like in in before coming out to the mm-hmm. rest of the church because nice. normally like we would finish up and the church would still be going and so yeah. we'd like go a bit longer but um there was this um <laughs> this shelf out out like where all the morning tea for the adults was served and they had on it there was orange cordial and like basic biscuits we didn't we sometimes get cordial but not normally yeah but this this orange cordial and biscuits that was out it was like separate from like all the like the bread and the cakes and stuff it was Mm -hmm. separate from that um and it was supposed to be for the adults but we'd always sneak out and as soon as the service done try to take as much as we could um and wait so you would you would go for the orange cordial and the biscuits instead of the cakes yeah because it's i don't know why we just did Mainly because we weren't allowed to. We were allowed to go for the other mm. stuff, but they were like, no, this is for, like, there'd always be that old lady behind the counter that'd be like, this is for the adults. And when right. she wasn't looking, <laughs> like, get a handful of biscuits and, and drink and oh, yeah, because get outside. They wouldn't be guarding the other plate as furiously because it's not as good. Maybe it's not I, I don't know, but it, it was, yeah. I just I think I just think cake. of it, yeah. and it was like, it was that's, that's what makes it funny is that mm-hmm. there was a good group of us, like, Normally, I, I would uh, not be that interested because I didn't really like cordial, but sometimes I'd be like, I'm thirsty. Instead of getting water from the fridge or something, I'd go for the illegal yeah. cordial. But um, we'd, it was all growing up for like, so this is like, you know, oh, we're in that church for 15 years. So like, yeah, 10 mm-hmm. to 15 years of my life, yeah. there was always a bunch of us kids every week would take the cordial and biscuits and every week get told not to. And the next week we'd do it. Yeah. It was like... Oh, it was just funny thinking about it. Didn't <laughs> learn anything about honoring your <laughs> elders or something. Yeah, right. Now, I know that oh, at church funny. there is, particularly when the parents stay around, there is always the potential for kids to get up to no good. Yeah, so good. Uh, at, at the church that I mentioned earlier in Belmont, I <laughs> very distinctly remember these uh, these twin brothers who... Contrary to most uh, most parents and elderly people's advice, they brought Pokemon cards to church, Ooh. and they they formed this kind of underground black market Pokemon trading <laughs> card thing. It was it was really funny in hindsight, but back in the day, they used to bring 
uh, fake cards. So Pokemon cards that were really stupid things like energy cards or Magikarp or something, and they would get uh, these holographic stickers that would cover the card entirely, and some of them would be in Japanese, but they'd be the good cards that everybody wanted, like Polyrath and stuff. But (laughs) they would trick us. And this is how they... I'm sure these days they are either incredible door-to-door salesmen or they sell things that are less than legal. Um, just because the the manipulative skills that they developed during those years were incredible. They were the original St. Luke's Uniting Church con men. It was so <laughs> funny. But there was... Uh, that was where I got my first ever Pokemon card and that sparked yeah. a lifelong love and passion that I had for, for collecting things Pokemon related. But my oldest brother... Jordan one day bless his heart he had he had a real polyrath that he had got from a booster pack and I can see that neither of you two really understand what I'm talking about I have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) that's okay because I'm I'm gonna power on because there's someone my brother did have Pokemon cards I just don't remember all of the characters yeah that's fine one one person at least out there will know what I'm talking about and will be pumping their fist cheering me on keep going Ryan okay so my brother had a real polyrath which is a rare card Mm -hmm. it's really I'd put it in maybe the top 15 or so cards out of the original 150. Was it gold? Uh, no, it was blue because it was a water type, but oh, okay. it was shiny. That makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah, it was shiny and it was it was rare. He got it by chance out of a booster pack of seven. Nice. So he'd really hit the jackpot. I do remember those now, mm-hmm. the, the packs. I just didn't know the name of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yep, that's cool. You're learning things. <laughs> To, yep. uh, to appease your boredom. That's good. <laughs> Not too bored. <laughs> Great. Keep going. All right, all right. I'm, I'm almost there. So Jordan brought it to church one day, and these two these two brothers sized it up and went, yeah, I like that card. Okay, okay. Jordan, how, do you, how would you feel about trading that Polyrath for this holographic Japanese Magikarp and this holographic Japanese, I think it was like an Oddish or something. So really basic, common cards. Yep. Except okay. except they were fake, because they were shiny and it looked like fireworks going everywhere and it was written in Japanese. So obviously, to the inexperienced eye, they looked rare and desirable. Mm. So Jordan, in a moment of weakness, which no. we will remember <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of our lives, <laughs> traded his... 15 out of 150 Polyrath for these two fake cards and eventually realized they were fake and they were just on top of energy cards and it was it was heartbreaking because they said no swap backs as soon as they swapped and you gotta honor the code yes you have to honor the code everyone is held to it Sucks. if somebody says no swap backs then there's them. no way to go back on it okay but this, <laughs> unless you like hurt the muscle. <laughs> this is a culture I was not a part of. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I okay. understand. That's okay. My story about Jordan getting conned out of Polyrath after church yeah. is over now. Do either of you have any other stories that uh, they don't have to involve Pokemon? In fact, they most likely will not because neither of you were allowed to watch it or go through it or had no interest in it. So One of those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah were, there, were there ever any 
particular characters that after church you'd either watch out for them or you wanted to be around them all the time for either of you um i don't know if there was a particular character i just remember us us doing this and it was only banned in recent years i believe Mm -hmm. um there is a lovely little grassy hill um next to our church at from the car park down to our auditorium. Mm-hmm. And since this is Hawaii, everything's open. Um, you have palm trees around. So when a palm tree, certain, some types of palm trees have this big husk type thing, like mm-hmm. either that's quite ideal as a sled. <laughs> and during oh. the service, but usually after, there would be some lovely young lads, including myself, mm-hmm. riding down this um the this was more kind of like a section of three little hills um, mm-hmm. down to the auditorium and we'd slide down that um i think it was only banned because someone it was either ruining the grass or someone walked down and got hurt one one of the two mm-hmm. but it was more a thing of everyone enjoyed it because we don't have snow uh. Like Australia, mm. and except in the winter on one of the mountains, or to the mountains, but hmm. that's another story. Wow. Okay, that actually reminds me, before you before you begin, Jordan, that reminds me of these same two boys that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Behind the preschool at St. Luke's in Belmont, there was a hill uh, that, unfortunately enough, had... Uh, quite a few bull ants nests on it oh, um, but but one one day we went back there and they had found cardboard and uh kind of sheet plastic and they were sliding down this hill behind the preschool and it was a sled and it was fun to watch i didn't do it because i was too afraid i was the kid that would watch this but hill then, wasn't very big for us yeah i mean this hill in hindsight was probably not very big either <laughs> but we were like six years old mm. or younger and so here here these couple of boys were sliding down yeah this is awesome and then one of my brothers went to slide down and got bitten all over by bull ants oh dear yeah but that happened after a church service as well so mm. it turns out this is a uh, this is a commonality that we share yes hmm. it seems to happen we did have red ants um, fire ants we Ooh, called them okay but I don't remember any experiences uh, in that particular patch of grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Jordan, how about you share another story from playing after church, and then we'll we'll head on to our next topic. I just remember endless games of handball. Yeah. And then it became downball at some point. I don't know when the name switched over. And then it went back to handball. I don't know what it is now. Okay. But you'd go out there, and there'd be always some boy with a tennis ball or a one of those high bounce balls mm-hmm. and it'd just be this massive line of kids but we yep. do it out the front so the church has like just outside the f- main doors mm-hmm. there's uh, like a a drive-in you know and it's the roof the car goes under like a carport? yes carport okay. um, so there's a carport and and the concrete there was great it was two massive slabs with one big line perfect it was two slabs and so uh, you could play there yeah. Um, so we play and play and play, and you know, there's always those kids that are like making up rules, yeah. and they never get out. And you're just like, oh! And then eventually, one of you goes, 
wait a second, they're making up rules. We can just put our foot down and be like, nah, mate, yeah. <laughs> that's not a rule. <laughs> you are bound yeah. by the unwritten code of handball. I'm just like, nah, get out of here. But once the ball went on the roof, and we were actually doing this uh, during the service, a few of us snuck out because we were bored. <laughs> and no so one instead knew of learning things like so Kayla, you just decided to play games. So we were out there, yeah. <laughs> It was in the holidays. So we're out there. The ball got on the roof. I don't remember how. And so we, we climbed up on the roof. <laughs> we got it down. But that was this is when we were a bit older. So I was probably like 13, 15, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And I wasn't the one on the roof. I was the one supporting the person to climb on the roof. Yeah. Um, there was like this fence that he could use to sort of boost himself up. But we had to like push him up. Anyway, mm. so he's up there. None of the parents knew because they were all inside. Yeah. But next week... They made an announcement that someone had been driving by, noticed, and called us on the office phone. Wow. And was like, some of your kids are on the roof. And they were like, don't do that, we could get shut down or something. Anyway, they were very strict about us not getting on the roof after that. Mm-hmm. No one got hurt. And then youth group was another story. We were always on the roof. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that was, yeah, handball. That's, that's good. Yep. Handball was great. The classic handball after church. Yeah. Did it at every church that I went to. And then particularly when you when you start playing it at school as well, you just oh. get really good. And, and then they do those cannonballs on the ground. Oh and yeah. you just can't pick can't get it back. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Yep. Hate it. When I was younger I actually <laughs> broke my right arm so I had to learn how to play left handed. Yeah. So when my right arm healed, I was ambidextrous in handball. So That's pretty good. A force to be reckoned with. Okay. Let's uh, let's shift gears into something else, and uh, we're going to talk about another playing topic. But this one is playing in a church band. Uh, now, Jordan, you particularly wanted to talk about this one because you've had a lot of experience, yeah, in playing in church bands. Uh, why don't you enlighten the listeners uh, <laughs> to your your history? Okay, so I started playing guitar when I was fifteen. And I started playing in the church band when I was 16, so it was like pretty much as soon as I could play a few chords, they started getting me in youth group. Mm. And then once I was okay, they put me in the church for practice for like a month, which yeah. was cool. So every week I'd just come and play in the practice next to the... I was electric guitar, so I play electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day they're like, all right, you can play. And I loved it, really. It's, it's really fun you realize that there's nothing better than playing in a band when you're doing it. Because, mm-hmm. like, before then, if I'm not playing in a church band, I wouldn't have played with any other musician. And so I didn't know how to play with other people until playing in church. And, you know, you've got that extra dynamic of people having different opinions and how the worship should sound and yeah. go. But that's another story. But, yeah, I've learned so much from it. and. Mm-hmm. Learn to play in front of you. Our church was often 200 people in the congregation, 200 to 300. Wow, nice. And so, you know, it's... <laughs> nice. Uh, it's it's simple, relative. but that was <laughs> that was really cool because, like, I'm just sitting at the back playing guitar, but it, I, since then, I can walk in front of any size crowd, really. Um, yeah. And, you know, thousands of people, it's fine now as well. But, like, I don't have that, oh, gosh, I'm in front of people, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was another cool part. It was kind of you were on stage, seeing everybody, but you didn't have to say anything. So it was like this, you know, steps next yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, I see that. It was kind of uh, 
introducing you to all these different facets of musical performance. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty much. We're very... It's a very musical church in that a bunch of our musicians are professional musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the music is like that. Like, it's not it's not so much performance music, but mm-hmm. you've got to play it right. It's not, it's not a bunch of... In the morning service, it's not a bunch of kids who know how to play guitar. Like, I was kind of... Yeah rare that I didn't know much about what I was doing but they let me play in the morning mm-hmm. so I guess that was good and okay so yeah. you you had to find the balance between having the heart to play and the skill level as well yeah which is why they were very like work through you know play with us for a month and then it was very much like at the start it's just okay just play these power chords and you yeah. don't have to play lots remember that you're filling the sound out as an electric guitarist mm-hmm. so you listen to where there isn't any sound and you add sound there. Yeah. Um, was how they explained it to me. That's cool. And also, mm-hmm. instead of... You got, you got a bar, four, four beats in a bar, instead of playing, strumming the guitar every every beat, doing an acoustic sort of strum, they're like, mm-hmm. you're electric, just do a big strum on the first beat. That's all you need to do. Right. So they really... Because they had uh, some kind of professional mm-hmm. understanding of things, they were able to coach you into... Yeah being part of it yeah and I didn't need to do much because you know the pianist is classical pianist he's like yeah you know both hands just going crazy yeah which got to there was tension because of that later but at the start it was really good from what I understand classical pianists have trouble because they want to play everything that's on the sheet music and if they're just given a chord chart with the lyrics and then the chords <laughs> then somebody says oh you play the chord like this duh I know how to play the chord but I actually want to do something yeah it's a it's yep. a tension that everybody that plays piano falls into myself included mm. Kayla do you have any experience in playing in a church band I don't have experience playing in a church band mm-hmm. but I've had family members that have definitely over the years and my dad was a worship leader as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in recent years, I've helped out as doing the words for the screen right. in the church band. Very important. Which is a, a whole another quite funny experience, especially because mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a um, grammar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I focus on the grammar, and so I'll I'll be the one that's seeing something that there's even not a comma in the right place yes. um, while yeah, the words me are too. up there and <laughs> yeah, editing, <laughs> editing that so you We're can be here. Uh, so you can be focusing on that so that's mm-hmm. that's more my experience did you put semicolons in um, I didn't ever put semicolons in, no. Okay, okay. Because I really took a leaf out of the, the Psalms and yeah. and I would put semicolons in. I did not because I, I led the words tech team for like years in my church as well. Mm-hmm. And I was the one who would go through and fix everything. I was more, I would take out punctuation in favor yes. of using word, just setting it up so it was easy to read for them. So, yeah. so when people saw it, it was just four lines and they know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pay so much attention to punctu- punctu- punctuation, but um, mm-hmm. obviously that, you know, if it was in the wrong spot, I'd be more like to leave it out than yeah. um, add it in, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kayla, so as somebody that has had experience in 
words and in that way kind of interacting with the band itself uh, and having family members involved in the band. What is the typical relationship between somebody that operates the words and somebody that operates the music? Um, I've had it in different situations. Mm -hmm. Um, One, like some situations I've, well, one other situation I don't have much interaction with the band, but at my church um, in New Zealand, when I first started doing it, it was very much, I was in, if I had got all the words sorted before they started, I would um, be invited to come and pray with the team um, at at the start and very much involved which I know doesn't happen a mm-hmm. lot and yeah. I felt honored in that way mm-hmm. that's so good yeah yeah and Jordan you said you had some experience in that as well yeah what what's what's <laughs> ca- what is the flip side to that the flip side as in Kayla's had an experience where she's been very involved in it and oh, has, yeah, has yeah. been seen as a member of it has there ever been a situation that you've been involved with where there's been extreme miscommunication between the words and the musicians yes definitely I think there's been, it's definitely been a lot with that mm-hmm. um, to me it all comes down not so much with me because I was like because you're a boss that's thanks bro no I was serious about it and I'd come like an hour and a half early mm-hmm. like almost as early as the band would be there so that I would be there I'd get it I'd get everything set up so it was working like an hour before the service and while they were playing I'd 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 literally I'd grab the song and then read it while they were singing it to work out what the song flow they were choosing yep. and you know which words if it's like a hymn it's like okay are they using these words or mm-hmm. these words but there's definitely times where they just forget to tell you stuff mm. that was I think it's not so much it's nothing nothing malicious I've ever experienced I think it's more that they forget especially in my church where the church building the stage is like 80 meters away from where yeah. the oh, tech yeah. box and the sound boxes right and so they go <laughs> oh yeah we're going to do this you have no idea because they're so far away hmm. so i would i would ask them to speak into the mic when they were talking to the band around them i'd be yeah. like hey just keep talking into the mic so that me and the sound guy know what you're doing mm-hmm. um and so that was the only thing you'd you'd like go and sometimes <laughs> they'd be playing in song two and you're already with bless the lord oh my soul and they start singing Amazing Grace and you're like, that wasn't even in the song list. When did that happen? You know? Yeah. You just quickly yeah. search and... and, yep. yeah, and which is, is awesome. Now, that is the way to go about it. Yeah. yeah. It, you, you need to be flexible. You just need to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if they pull a fast one on you, then you need to know how to recover. Yeah. I've been in situations before, not where I've operated the words, but I have been a member of the congregation who's been singing along as a... Uh, let's say spontaneous decision is made to go back to verse one after you've sung the bridge so you're quite near the end of the song structurally let's go back to verse one and then we'll sing the chorus and then end so did the words guy just not do that the words guy uh i'm not going to put anything uh down to particular people (laughs) but let's just say the times when it's been the worst has been when the older people have been operating the words and if it isn't in exactly the same structure that you're going to be singing it in then they will either just not bother going back for the 25 seconds that 
it'll take to catch up to the current slide. Like going back to verse mm. one. Yeah. Because I have to flip all the way back through the oh, slides. So they're using PowerPoint or something. Yeah, it's always been Microsoft PowerPoint. Oh, Usually the the two thousand presenter. Or uh, yeah, no, I've always been at Microsoft churches. Ha. Always at the windows. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stained glass windows, right? That's that's been my experience. So, so yeah. that makes more sense. Not stained glass having apples. To like go flick back. You're like, oh, I gotta flick all the way back. Because yes. the system I used, well, I changed it because it wasn't working right. So I, yeah. I and another guy were like, right, this isn't working. We're going to get a new system. Mm-hmm. And we changed it so that all you need to do, I, I coded it so that all you need to do is you want verse one, you press the number one. If you mm-hmm. want the chorus, you press the number zero. And if you want pre-chorus and nine, like we have like, and then bridge was like a slash. So we had these things. All you need to do is that. That's awesome. Just bang, bang, bang. Or you could, you could actually click on the words themselves. Um, and it was also you were also able to adjust it on the fly. So sometimes I realized right. I was singing it wrong. So while they're on the chorus, I'd quickly freeze frame it so that it would stay up there. I'd yeah. grab it, change the verse to how it was supposed to be, and then unfreeze it, and it will work out well. That makes my heart so happy. Yep. That has not been my experience. <laughs> That's definitely, definitely what I, I would do. And the soft software hardware definitely software um, that I was using made that easier. Yeah, both probably in your case. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, just people don't realize this is a little different topic, but people don't realize how much work needs to go into words. Mm-hmm. Like anyone can do it, anyone can learn it. It's it's great, and I think more people should want to serve in that area in mm. churches because they what they don't realize is anyone can do it. You yeah. don't have to be. You don't need, as long as you know how to operate a computer, rudiment the rudiments, then yep. you're good. Um, but it does actually take a bit of work. Like another thing is not changing to the next slide once they finish singing, but on the last couple of words or even the last line of the previous slide. Yeah, so they just the, begun cause singing. Because we can remember words. two yeah. words, mm-hmm. and it gives us time to take a breath and see the words before the band starts singing. And stuff Particularly like when they're going into verse 2 or verse 3 and nobody oh. knows the words. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really it's cool. very valuable. Um, that, that's good. It wasn't... The original question, but it's uh, it's definitely a good point to bring up about the relationship between words and, totally. and music. Um, yeah, a valid a valid thing to do for sure. Okay, let's let's shift into the uh, the final thing that we're going to talk about today, uh, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time of the day the listener is listening to it is when we're recording this. Uh, that's how podcasting works. We're going to talk about music genres. And music genres are fun classification uh, titles and groups that we get to put things in so that we understand categories. I'm feeling this particular way. I want to listen to this particular music. Oh, it's raining outside. Everybody has the rainy day song that they go to. So let's talk about music genres. Kayla, what... (laughs) Try answering this in one word. <laughs> What's your favorite music genre? I would probably say folk. Folk. Okay, but you say that hesitantly because you like other. Y- yes, and types I think well. folk is a very broad. So broad. Because it means. And it can mean so many different things, so it's yeah. difficult to say. Um, so you're talking about traditional German music. Um, Definitely. Like accordion and everything. Yeah. Yes. Good. That's what I yes. thought. That's how I interpreted or the Or Australian folk. folk or... See, I would think yeah, of it like right. that. I'm like, you've got Australian folk music, you've got 
American folk music <laughs> even. You've got German, yeah. Scandinavian. Yeah. yeah. Scandinavian okay. folk music is metal. Okay, so <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> if you were to, to make it less broad, so you don't have to limit yourself to one word here, <laughs> what are the genres that you find yourself gravitating towards regularly? Um, it would certainly be... I'm trying to think how to describe it. I feel very, I feel very cheesy in saying oh, it needs to have a banjo, um, <laughs> but that's Blue most. Guys. You got a banjo and a mandolin and something like that, and, <laughs> and I enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. And though, actually, in saying that, I go totally opposite way, and I love um, listening to techno remixes of right. songs. And so I find a lot of fun ones on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yep. Okay. Okay. Very, nice. very different choices there. Yep. That's good. That's, That's good. Cool, okay, Jordan, what about you? What do you typically gravitate towards? I love metal. I love worship and folk. It's like, that's that's pretty much this threesome. Uh, mm. But metal is, oh, it's so broad. <laughs> yes. But, um... I gotta say, I also I really like punk punk rock too. More of the pop punk side than mm-hmm. the, like hardcore punk from back in the day. Yeah, but that's just what I've listened to. I'm very much of a I like this band. I'm going to listen to them more than I like this genre, and that's what I listen to. Yeah. So I have like three sort of more folk metal bands, and then I have mm-hmm. you know my worship bands that I like, and yeah, same with like the punk. It's like I like these, but I don't really like the other other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as far as the classification and putting things into categories goes, it helps us understand what mm. we like, and it helps us understand what we would be interested in. Yeah. But at the same true. time, we can never, never limit ourselves to one particular style or mm-hmm. or genre. And then, <laughs> then you have the people that are more concerned about what they are labeled as so they create sub-genres which are really just helpful in a way they're helpful in understanding I like more singing in my metal music so I'm going to listen to metalcore often there is it's more melodic and that's yeah post hardcore all that kind of stuff yeah that's cool going over my head guys yeah uh, okay Indie, but someone, indie some, folk. one of the listeners right. will understand <laughs> what's going on. Probably, <laughs> probably that same listener that understood my Pokemon card story yes. will understand that. Okay, but let's think about, say, indie folk. Yeah. That gives you a better understanding than just folk. Definitely. At the same time, indie is such a, Yeah, that's a term <laughs> for another time. Indeed. Uh, you can look up what indie just means. Find it makes a hipster, me maybe? thing that makes me laugh is the bands that label themselves as indie pop. I'm like, isn't that kind of like a... Contradiction. Yes. <laughs> Independent pop. Or? Independent <laughs> pop. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's really interesting how we can sort these things mm. out Indeed. for the sake of our own sanity, I guess, and then communicating that to other people. But it is foolish to think that we are fans of this and this alone Mm. when it goes a lot deeper than that usually there are particular melodies that we like there are Mm -hmm. 
particular voices that we like. Even if I don't like the style, I may really like a pop singer. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe one day they'll do a song that's an acoustic version of a pop song and I really mm -hmm. like it or something like that. I often find that people say things about bands that I listen to heavy rock bands mm. and some screamo bands as well but the singers for those screamo bands people hear their voices and think i really like their voice if i heard them do an acoustic version i would listen to that but yeah. i don't want to hear that style of music indeed it's all subjective and so i mean even having having radio stations that say we are a rock station <laughs> and, and then they play Everything. something that's kind of like indie folk with the drum kit and they well technically it's a rock style because it has the it has the components of rock music, but it doesn't it's not what people think. Yeah. Ah. Music genres are confusing. Yeah. Now what okay, what do you two feel about this will be the last thing we talk about. What do you two feel about worship music and listening to worship music? Is it something you do often? Is it something that you enjoy doing? Is it something you do out of obligation as a Christian? Kayla? Um, yeah, music by Christian writers and ones that are specifically for corporate worship times um, can also be two different things as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I do listen to both and quite often. And I, I find it, it's kind of, one of my brothers puts it as, if you really love someone and someone writes a song about them, you'll want to listen to that. And hmm. that comes out of love and not obligation. And sometimes I go through stages where I think because I'm a Christian or I'm in a particular part of life, I need to only listen to music by Christian writers um, mm. and artists at certain times. But also, I'm very much aware that artists and bands that I listened to when I was younger or now that particularly grab me, there's something about them that points to either my own music style or... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what I want to sing like, or also yeah. truth that God has put mm. inside of them. And so I don't want to sacred and secularize, secularize, however you would say that. Um, yeah, I taste mm. the music, but I certainly listen to it a lot. Mm -hmm. Right, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Jordan, what about you? You mentioned earlier that it is one of the styles that you gravitate towards. Yeah. Okay. Open up about I that. I like it. Um, I'm very much a someone who is a worshiper at heart. Like I know everybody is made to worship the Lord, mm -hmm. but um, for me, it's something that is very integral to my life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not the song that is what is the worship, but it's what your heart's doing when you, are, I don't know, listening or singing with that song or. Mm. Um, and stuff and I find that worship songs they're written to be a worship song because they're written for you to be able to meet God and to mm. and to really worship him through the song that's why they're called worship songs and I love that because I want to hang out with my favorite person in the world which is Jesus and it's a great way of hanging out with him but I also really just I enjoy the music personally like 
you know, there's some bands that aren't that great, but mm-hmm. there's some that I just, I like the sound of a lot of the worship bands. Yep. Bethel in particular, I like their sound. Mm-hmm. And, and they're very, they're also quite different. Their sounds changes quite a lot, which I like that too. Yeah. But also, and probably one of the biggest things is as a guitarist, as a someone who plays electric guitar and acoustic guitar, and I play in worship bands a lot, mm-hmm. I love playing in worship bands. Almost, almost one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. And because I, I really worship God when I'm playing the guitar, but it's also, and there's this great dynamic of playing with bands. Anyway, I love listening to worship bands and listening to what the guitarist is doing and going, oh, how can I incorporate that into what I do? Yeah. Because being at a level where I can, if I listen to it, I can generally play it. And so, um, I'll listen to, for example, I'll listen to a Hillsong United song and I'll listen to what the guitarist is doing and go, okay, I want to remember that. What's he always oh, doing this with, with like a, uh, you know, an interval or something, or he's using yeah. a, a yeah. reverse triad, mm-hmm. if you know music terms, or all the different things like that. And then even coming down to and different pedals. And different pedals and stuff and like stuff, that. Yeah. I'm not so much, I don't know what I'm doing with pedals generally, but mm-hmm. um, then I, it's, there's ideas I haven't thought of. Like, oh, wow, you could do that. Yeah, you know, and and then going and trying it out and stuff. But it's, I guess, it's almost the way I'm learning from other worship guitarists and going, oh, how do you, hmm. how do yep. you do it? So that's definitely an element of why I listen to it so much. I see. Now, at uh, <laughs> for fear of sounding like the uh, the anti-worship music pastor's kid, um, go for it. I <laughs> I don't. I struggle to bring myself to listen to worship music at leisure. Um, often, if if I'm wanting to engage with God personally, I will more likely listen to a, a solo artist or a band that mm. only has one, maybe two singers and isn't written for corporate engagement so much as personal engagement. Yep. Uh, that said, when I'm in a corporate setting and we are maybe singing all together, then I'm quite okay with hearing the songs that other people listen mm. to on their own free time at that time and singing along with them. That often means I only learn them in those settings, but I do enjoy act- actively engaging in it mm. through singing or yeah. Uh, some other musical means as opposed to my own listening pleasure um, there, there was even a time where I had a few Bethel albums and I had uh, some United Pursuit and a few other worship bands on there as well I've, I haven't been a fan of Hillsong since the 90s, I'm sorry guys <laughs> but if you enjoy Hillsong then by all means go for it um, they have their bright spots. <laughs> yes, back in the nineties, um, <laughs> I, I tried. I tried Can't really hard to uh, to listen to it in my own free time. But when I get excited about listening to music, is about listening to bands that I enjoy as opposed to uh, this type of engagement. And I'm recognizing that that is it's my own personal. 
Taste, uh, conviction, leading, whatever Christianese word you'd put on that. But that that is my own way of doing it. So yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And uh, even living in a in a international interdenominational environment like YWAM, I often find that when people are putting on music over the speakers in the kitchen while they're doing weekend duty or cooking for the for everybody at our center. They often put on worship music, and that's fine. It's a it's a common. We all love who they're singing about. Mm. Um, but it, you didn't it, like it, it irks me. <laughs> it really does, to See, be I, honest. I but. think one one thing I just extra on it is that worship music I find sets an atmosphere mm-hmm. spiritually as well as as well as it just. I guess you could say emotionally, and so yeah. I'll if I'm wanting to have a quiet time, I'll probably put on worship music to have in the background, just as kind of mm-hmm. something to to be there, I guess. Um, and I find it's calming for one thing. That's cool. So I would I would often put it on if I was in the kitchen, if I was having a stressful day. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. I'm listening to it. And I'm hearing truth about God. I'm like, oh, that's right. Even though this is I'm frustrated right now, God's still good. I am scrubbing these dishes. <laughs> but God is good. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord probably scrubbed his dishes. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Jesus washed my soul clean (laughs) like I washed this plate clean. (laughs) All about the hands on. But he washed it in blood, not in water. Jesus didn't do ceremonial (laughs) hand washing. Okay. Um, (laughs) Right. I often find that if I'm in a uh, a quiet time, as we call it in the Christian world, um, trying to have a personal engagement with God, I. I get distracted by music really easily. Mm-hmm. So if I have something on and I'm trying to listen to something else, for example, have music on, trying to listen to God yeah. over the music, I'll often get distracted by that. Yeah. So I would opt out of music and um, there are a few things mm. about sometimes people even playing music in public that I am not a fan of. Um, like with playing out of phone or computer speakers when they were never meant for the full sound experience. Headphones and actual speakers, please, people. And ask for <laughs> consent before you play something in public. At least in my presence would be great. Okay. <laughs> Sorry no, about that. No, this is hitting on a specific chord for Ryan Winslade here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but worship music, great stuff. Heard this rant for a bit, yeah. Yeah, love worship music. Love music genres. Um, Okay, with that... Other music genres are good too. Yes, other music (laughs) genres are good as well. And then you can worship through other genres other than ballad rock. This is true. Surprise, church, today, you don't just have to use ballad rock. Breaking news, Ryan. Back in the day, they thought drums were of the devil. Back in the day, they used pub songs as their worship songs. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I still worship through hymns and pipe organs on the weekends here, yeah, which is which is great. Yes. Keeps me up to date with all the things from 200 years ago. It's awesome. <laughs> Good truth. All right. Um, with with that said, this has been a really interesting episode of Pastor's Middle Kid, in my personal opinion, and I'm hoping that the listeners have enjoyed it as well. As well. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Kayla, for coming on. Uh, it's been it's been a blast and. 
Yep, for those of you listening out there, this has been Pastor's Middle Kid. I have been Ryan Luke. I will continue to be Ryan Luke, and this will continue to be Pastor's Middle Kid. You can follow me on Twitter, at PMK Podcast. I'll try and work out how to use it. Uh, I don't know if I've had any new followers as a result of this podcast, but here's the hoping. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash pastors middle kid. And you can even suggest a church related and then also an unchurch related topic to discuss with my panel of amazingly uh, interesting co-host that I find around <laughs> Lewis House at <laughs> YWM Newcastle um, yes. <laughs> but look forward to next week's episode which will be episode number 25 whoop, with Kayla Norris who's, uh, who's been on this one and we'll go into a bit of depth about family legacy and introversion extroversion and maybe even veggie tales so look forward <laughs> to that it's going to be awesome and yeah thanks for listening. Everybody, everybody.